This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, let's get it underway. It is Friday, June 30th. Logan Gordon along with you. Coming at you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio here in Calgary, Alberta. The day after the NHL draft wraps up in Nashville and the day before signing season begins in the NHL. Just one day in between for NHL GMs to get any work done that they need to ahead of NHL free agency. And we've had a bunch of teams putting qualifying offers, putting players on waivers for purposes of buyouts, re-signings, lots to get to on this Friday edition of the show. Thanks for being along with us, whether live or on the podcast. A quick reminder... The fan feedback line is always open to you here on Sportsnet today. 960-960. Text in with your questions, your comments, your queries, whatever's on your mind. Send into the fan feedback line. We'll get to the text line as the show goes on. We will get into all the latest NHL news circling around this morning. Ahead of NHL free agency tomorrow, we'll check in with Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period who joined Russick and Rose on the big show this Friday. Get his thoughts on the NHL's free agent class and uh, some news around the Calgary Flames. Luke Fox from Sportsnet going to join us just after 2 o'clock on the uh, beginning of the second hour of the podcast. Talking all things NHL free agent. He had his free agent list all set and ready for this Friday and then had to adapt after... Some pretty interesting names hit the waiver wire for buyouts. We'll get to those in just a moment. We'll find out where those new guys might have fit on Luke Fox's list of the top available UFAs ahead of Saturday. And uh, we've been busy the last couple of days with the Calgary Surge in action just the other day at Winsport and uh, disappointing result. But uh, Taylor and Cam were there. Uh, they'll give us the latest on the Calgary Surge. We'll hear from a couple of members of the team following their loss. But let's start it off with the news of the day. Kind of how we've started the show all week long. Uh, Trades, rumors, buyouts, all the stuff in between. And it's no different on this Friday. Five, uh, four names, excuse me, on the waiver wire today for the purpose of buyouts. Some of these will not surprise you. Some of them will surprise you. Let's start with the most surprising name, Matt Duchesne of the Nashville Predators is one of those names that was a surprise for many around the league and immediately becomes a very interesting member of this free agent class. 
Barry Trotz taking over as the GM in Nashville, quickly changing things around. Ryan Johansson was shipped off to the Colorado Avalanche, and now today the Predators finalizing a buyout for their other top center in Matt Duchesne. This is an interesting one. He had three years remaining at an $8 million AAV, and his buyout calculation per cap friendly, not pretty. Two of those seasons for Nashville on the buyout, there's going to be a $5.5 million and a $6.5 million cap charge simply to have Matt Duchesne not on their roster anymore. The other name's a little bit less surprising. Mike Riley in Boston will be bought out by the Bruins. Bruins are very tight against the salary cap, would like to improve their roster if possible. Uh, they're just buying out the final year of his contract. It'll free up $2.66 million in cap space for this season and then incur a $1.33 million penalty in 2024-2025. Also on the buyout list today, Blake Wheeler of the Winnipeg Jets. His final year with the Jets uh, will be bought out. Not surprising, those two sides have been, it feels like, working towards uh, a divorce for a little while now. The contract just a bit much for Winnipeg to um, find a, a suitor for, so he'll be on their cap for the next couple of years and enters the free agent pool at 36 years old. Wheeler in 72 games last year, still productive. 55 points in 72 games and six more in the playoffs. So we'll see where Blake Wheeler lands. Early reports from his agent um, have indicated that perhaps the lighter schedule of the Eastern Conference might be something, a lighter uh, travel schedule in the Eastern Conference might be something that favors his clients. So perhaps uh, someone out East would be interested in Blake Wheeler uh, and his services as a veteran forward. And last on the list, uh, recently acquired by the Detroit Red Wings, Kyler Yamamoto, the former member of the Edmonton Oilers, will be bought out by the Detroit Red Wings on the final year of his contract. So those four names will be added to the free agent list. Quick look at Yamamoto. Interesting name, Red Wings, with lots of cap space, but not interested in keeping Yamamoto around. He is just 24 years old. Spokane, Washington native. Of course, uh, former first-round pick of the Edmonton Oilers, 22nd overall in 2017, just 25 points in 58 games last year, four points in 12 playoff games for the Edmonton Oilers. He has 118 points over 244 career NHL games. So Duchesne, Mike Riley, Blake Wheeler, and Kyler Yamamoto all added to the NHL's uh, free agent list. Of course, free agent uh, season starts tomorrow. Pat Steinberg and Matty Rose will have you covered here on Sportsnet 960. With uh, look, it's it's still a pretty underwhelming UFA class, but uh, some really interesting names out there, and a couple that were added today. We'll get to more of the free agents coming up later on in the show. Some rumors to watch out for. Uh, a couple of NHL insiders talking today. Uh, Max Pacioretty former Montreal Canadien, former Golden Knight, former Carolina Hurricane, apparently not expected back with Carolina, but is drawing recent uh, interest around the league, coming off an injury-filled season in Carolina. So Max Pacioretty gaining interest. 
the LA Kings after acquiring Pierre-Luc Dubois and signing him to that eight-year contract. Apparently looking to go cheap with an option in goal. A couple of names being thrown around the LA Kings today, including former Flame goaltender Cam Talbot or former Carolina Hurricane uh, and Detroit Red Wing Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, two guys that could potentially form a tandem with Phoenix Copley in LA, but at a lesser contract. So that obviously takes them out of the likes of Connor Hellebuck and any of the more expensive goaltender options out there. Uh, and we've also heard from, uh, this makes sense given where Boston is right now, but a couple uh, NHL insiders confirming that Tyler Bertuzzi and Dmitry Orlov will both head to free agency tomorrow and will be top options across the league. Just no money right now in Boston. For either of those two to re-sign, Bruins do have interest and would like to work something out, but given the limited amount of cap space they have, just doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Panthers also linked today uh, on defense. We know they're looking to improve their decor after a run to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, their name's been connected to uh, former Flyer, former Hurricane uh, defenseman, former Coyotes defenseman as well, uh, Shane Gostis Bear. So those are some of the names floating around right now. We did have a couple of re-signings today as well ahead of free agency. We'll update this list as the afternoon goes on and more of these names get checked off. But uh, Matthias Yanmark re-ups in Edmonton ahead of free agency. It's a one-year deal worth $1 million on the AAV. Jesper Faust back in Carolina, two-year deal, $2.4 million on the AAV. And Corey Perry, after being acquired from the Tampa Bay Lightning by the Chicago Blackhawks, does indeed sign with Chicago ahead of free agency. And why wouldn't you? Uh, he gets the Nick Felino treatment. One year, $4 million for Corey Perry in Chicago. Uh, that's the latest, as I said, throughout the afternoon. We'll make sure to update you on any of the news that comes out. It'll be a busy 24 hours ahead of free agency, kicking off tomorrow morning on Canada Day. Uh, as far as the Calgary Flames are concerned, no news today to share. It is the deadline for qualifying uh, your RFAs. The Flames have just a few on that list, and none of them come with long uh, NHL resumes. Uh, those three would be Ben Jones, Emilio Pedersen, and Martin Pospisil. Uh, so we'll see whether or not the Flames' new management group uh, finds it uh, amicable to re-up any of those three unqualifying offers. And the UFA core for the Calgary Flames. Haven't heard anything yet. Maybe we'll hear something throughout the day. But of course, the UFAs include Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic, who we believe is heading back to Boston already. Uh, Nick Ritchie acquired at the trade deadline with Troy Stetcher, both of them. UFAs without a contract and Michael Stone, who, uh, look, we think probably has a, a standing offer for the Would it be a Calgary Flames roster without Michael Stone on it? Um, don't know if there's any urgency there. It took until late in the last offseason as well uh, to get Michael Stone signed up, but he is technically a UFA heading into uh, the free agent core uh, tomorrow. Same goes for Matthew Phillips and Dryden Hunt. Uh, Connor, uh, Craig Connor and GM of the Calgary Flames did express over the last couple of days of the draft that the Flames would like to see Phillips back and have uh, some interest there. But after what was an up-and-down season for Matthew Phillips, despite how much success he had at the AHL level, um, hard to know if he wants to come back or not. Frank Cervalli has, uh, in his latest free agent article, mentioned that the Flames have offered Phillips a two-year deal to remain in Calgary, but he is uh, most likely set to test the free agent market and see 
what is out there uh, when the market opens tomorrow. And like I said, based on everything that happened last year, kind of hard to blame him for that. Uh, would we like to see him back in Calgary? Yeah, I think a lot of Flames fans would like to see Matthew Phillips back with the organization. But uh, if you're Matthew Phillips in his camp, do you have enough proof that you're going to get a better chance than you did last year? I don't know. It's uh, It was a frustrating year for him. Should have been up at the NHL. Should have got a longer look. And uh, perhaps there's another organization out there that uh, can give him a better opportunity, and I wouldn't blame him for taking that. Well, again, we'll see. Flames have reportedly offered him a contract. Uh, we'll see whether or not it's enough for him to come back to the Calgary Flames organization. He was, again, uh, one of the leading scorers for the team at the Calgary Wranglers level and across the American Hockey League. Uh, I did want to add this in as well as we're chatting. Uh, Kevin Weeks of ESPN uh, reporting uh, it sounds as though Jonathan Quick will sign with his childhood favorite team, the New York Rangers, when free agency opens on Saturday and back up Igor Shosturkin after uh, finishing the year as a Stanley Cup champion once again with the Vegas Golden Knights. So Jonathan Quick now expected to sign with the New York Rangers on Saturday. That per Kevin Weeks of ESPN. That's the latest. Uh, a couple different teams throwing in qualifying offers for players today. I'll throw out a couple of those. I'm not going to get to every team, obviously, that's doing this, but uh, the Canucks extended qualifying offers to Niels Hoaglander and Vitaly Kratsov today. Did not issue qualifying offers to Carson Folk, Travis Dermott, or Ethan Bear. Uh, so a couple more names added to the free agent pool per the Vancouver Canucks. And like I said, we'll keep an eye on these throughout the day. We won't go through all 32 teams and their qualifying offers um, because there's just not enough time in the day for that. And I don't think, I don't know that the Flames uh, fans here at 960 are interested in in hearing about the Columbus Blue Jackets RFAs. But uh, like we said, keep it here. We'll bring you the news. Everybody's always interested in anything you bring up, Logan. I don't think that's including true. Including the French version of interviews. Stop that. Oh, Jeez. That's a low blow. Uh, Taylor and Cam are here as well as Ben, if you couldn't tell. Uh, my outstanding production team here on Sportsnet today. Having a ball. Although sometimes sassy, they are the best in the biz. Um, well, I don't know about that. That's a little far. I mean, that was a little far for Cam. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. okay. but I didn't mean Taylor when I said that anyways. But that's, wow. That's fine. It's messed up. Uh, Cam and Taylor will be back on the show. They're always here anyways, but they'll be <laughs> back in more prominence uh, a little bit later on. They were at the Surge game a little bit earlier on this week and will uh, get us the latest from what they saw. It was a loss for the Surge. I've yeah. now deemed you guys as bad luck charms for them. Yeah. <laughs> what I found Cam is anytime is. I go to a sporting event with Cam, the team loses. Hmm. There's been one time hmm. where they won and it was very, very close. Yeah, most of the games I go to are losses. I think I'm just a bad luck charm. Cam's the jinx. I'm yeah. fine. Makes sense. Uh, looking ahead at this free agent class, like you said, we'll get more into this with Luke Fox uh, from Sportsnet.ca. His uh, top 12 UFAs of 2023 up at Sportsnet.ca. If you uh, want to get a quick recap on the free agents that are going to be available, uh, this class could have been very, very intriguing. You could have had the likes of Pasternak, Horvat, Larkin, Pavelski, uh, Gavrikov, Severson, those kind of names, but 
Instead, we will go with, look, I think there are good names on this free agent list. I don't think there are any game changers necessarily, but I think that some some teams will add some good pieces. Will we see overpayments? Will another year of the flat cap hurt some players' chances at, at getting big money deals? I think that's what you're going to watch for tomorrow. But obviously, you know, some of the names out there that could be at the top of the list for most people, Dmitry Orlov, um, his second half of the year after being acquired by the Boston Bruins certainly helped him. He should have no problem. I mean, if David Severson signs at like $6.25 million on that deal with Columbus, uh, I can see Orloff probably being around that same number. What happens with Ryan O'Reilly now entering free agency? The former captain of the St. Louis Blues won a Stanley Cup with St. Louis. Went to Toronto. Doesn't appear that the Leafs are going to have the type of money that they need to bring him back. They have interest. He said he's going to consider going back to Toronto, but this is a guy that I think is going to have massive interest. The center ice spot, until Duchesne got added, really wasn't a a strong suit of this free agent class, but I still think Ryan O'Reilly at 32 years old is going to be a guy that, that a lot of teams are interested in. We mentioned Tyler Bertuzzi. He's going to market. Uh, unique blend of sp- of skill. He's got some edge there. Played well for the Bruins again down the stretch, although it didn't mean playoff success as they lost to the Panthers in seven games. Uh, Matt Dumba is out there. Patrick Kane, he's dealing with uh, an injury uh, and some hip, sur- uh, hip resurfacing surgery that's going to keep him out of action until December. But how many teams are interested in Patrick Kane at age 34? Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, do you need a goal scorer? He'll hit the free agent market at age 31. Uh, Alex Kalorn sounds as though they're not going to be able to come to terms with him in Tampa Bay to keep what's been a very, very loyal soldier to Tampa Bay over the last couple of years, part of those Stanley Cup winning teams in Tampa Bay. He'll hit the free agent market, but again, 33 years old. Uh, one of the younger guys in this class that I think uh, could be due for a payday, Michael Bunting. Uh, last two years in Toronto, he was on a deal that saw him paid $950,000 on the AAV. He broke out for 23 goals, 63 points. Calder finalist in 2021-22. Had another 23 goals last season playing in all 82 games. This former Flames GM... Brad Living find money for Michael Bunting, or is he likely to get paid somewhere else outside of Toronto? I uh, mentioned Matt Duchesne, 32 years old, uh, one of the newest members of this free agent class, thanks to a buyout in Nashville. Where does he land? He was at a deal that got him paid $8 million per season in Nashville. I have to imagine that that next deal is going to be a lot less rich for Matt Duchesne, but still, again, valuable piece out there for the NHL and their free agent class. Max Domi's there. Uh, Aiden Hill is, you know, potentially going to be back with the, uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, we heard a two-year deal at approximately $4.9 million is on the way for him, but we'll wait and see uh, once that gets official. And then you've got uh, a long list of names out there. Do any of these get interest around the league. Oliver Ekman Larson's out there. Jonathan Taves is out there. Uh, Freddie Anderson is out there. 
Uh, who else? We have James Van Riemsdyk, Kyler Yamamoto. We mentioned Phil Kessel, Alex Kerfoot, Kevin Shattenkirk's a uh, free agent. Jonathan Joanne is a free agent. There's a long list of, of veteran guys here. Not a lot of money going around the league right now. Uh, I think Saturday is going to be an interesting day. As far as the Calgary Flames are concerned, as of right now, per cap friendly, they enter into the free agent market with just over $2.4 million of cap space with uh, 18 players uh, currently signed. They uh, will need to fill out their roster in a couple of different spots. Now, of course, that's without uh, a couple of names on there. Like, no, Pelche is not on there. Uh, I don't think Matt Coronado is on that list either uh, right now. Or, no, Coronado is, excuse me, on that list. So uh, put in Pelche, take out a couple of names. Flames just don't have a lot of cap space right now. And it seems like most of the interest for them remains around Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin. So perhaps until one of those pieces of news breaks for the Calgary Flames one way or another, um, it's hard to see them being busy when it comes to the NHL free agent class, but we'll wait and see what Craig Conroy does. His first chance at calling the shots for the Calgary Flames as their GM this season. Uh, we'll hear more about the free agent class coming up uh, just after 2 o'clock as Hour 2 kicks off with Luke Fox. Like I mentioned, his uh, top 12 free agents of 2023 is up on sportsnet.ca. And uh, around the corner, Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period. He joined Matt and George on the big show earlier today going through uh, some of the big names out there, what we saw at the draft, and uh, a little bit on the Flames and what they should be doing with Elias Lindholm. We'll hear from him next as Sportsnet Today rolls on a Friday edition ahead of the long weekend here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Sportsnet Today rolls on. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Less than 24 hours away from free agency opening up across the NHL. It's been a busy week, and it'll continue into the weekend. Draft is done. Free agency begins Saturday. Offseason in full swing. Still lots to happen. Still some big names out there, especially here in Calgary. The features of Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin still very much at the forefront after they did not get dealt during the NHL draft in Nashville. GM Craig Conroy maintains that he will be patient to find the right deal. When might that happen? Perhaps as teams get into the free agent side of things and miss out on targets, perhaps circle back to the Calgary Flames and try to make a deal for one of the Flames' uh, recent, I don't know, pieces, I guess, is the best way to put it. See who's available. Elias Lindholm, of course, still has that contract offer from the Calgary Flames that he's mulling over. We know that Noah Hannafin's made up his mind. More clearly, there was lots of talk around the draft from Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Florida. Nothing done yet, but certainly something to watch for and something that uh, NHL insiders like Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period is going to keep an eye on. He joined Russick and Rose on the big show a little bit earlier on today. Uh, on this Friday to chat all things NHL ahead of uh, free agency opening tomorrow. Reaction from what did or more specifically did not happen at the NHL draft in Nashville. And that's where the guy started with Dennis uh, on this conversation today. Is around uh, Dennis's thoughts that there weren't more major moves at the NHL draft and how surprised he was about that. Here's Dennis Bernstein with uh, Ruskin Rose a little bit earlier today. 
Very surprised. But, George, the biggest surprise, Corey Perry just quadrupled his salary <laughs> in an age where nobody has any cap space. That's how crazy this is. Yeah. You know what? I, I thought at last offseason – we started seeing three-team trades and more risk. Nobody taking any risks right now. Now, could that change by Sunday? It could. I don't think so. I think the fact that we're only going to $83.5 million on the cap hit, I think that's a huge, still a huge impact. Teams are holding on to their draft choices. For guys like us in the media, is it disappointing? Of course it is. But I, my hope is that you know, next season, next offseason, when we're at maybe 5 or $6 million more on the cap space, then we'll have some more legitimate movement around this time. Dennis, how frustrating is it that offer sheets aren't used in the NHL like they are in the NBA? Um, well, I don't think it's that frustrating, George, because like how many players legitimately would you offer? And then what happens? It's always matched. So it's a waste of time and energy. And so it's, it would, would it be more intriguing? Sure. Like cock and yummy happened with, uh, you know, most Montreal and, and Carolina, but I, I just don't think that these guys are creative enough to use as a tool. I, I, maybe it's going to take the next generation of GMs to use it because the guys that are in place right now certainly don't think it's a tool to improve their teams. One of the things that we, we've seen, you know, not big deals with big players, but it's all been just dumping salary, Dennis, and, and one of those moves was yeah. in Detroit. What did you make of Montreal, or pardon me, Edmonton moving out a little bit of cap space with Yamamoto and Costin and, and Detroit grabbing a couple of players here? Well, Detroit had a ton of cap space, man. And I joke with my friends from the Los Angeles Kings organization saying, you know, I think you guys might have wished that that trade happened before the playoffs started. And maybe you would have beat, actually beat <laughs> Edmonton because Yamamoto and, and Costin did a lot of damage against your team. Uh, it's a situation where Edmonton knows that the, the team that they had and the rest they had wasn't good enough, wasn't deep enough. They're going to look at other options, but those two guys they targeted, and especially a guy like Yamamoto, who did score you know, the series-winning goal against the Kings, but they're just going to go in a different direction because it certainly hasn't worked, and I still think there's pressure to win in the small window that, uh, remaining on Conor McDavid's contract. So Kenny Holland's going to go back to the well, try to figure out a different configuration, uh, and so that's why I see that um, Stevie Eiserman, he's just being an opportunistic uh, mm. at this point. That will improve the team. Is it good enough to get them to the top eight in the East? I'm not sure right now. Now that uh, Edmonton has cleared over $3 million in space with that move, who do you think they could end up using that money on? Because this is a team that's going to be at the cap. They got Connor McDavid. They got Leon Dreisaitl. They're going to use that money. I mean, you don't think they're going to do a three-way trade to get Eric Carlson? You think that that's the move they're going to make? No, uh, they need a right shot defenseman. <laughs> that would be awesome. A, Come on, let's do it. Awesome. Let's do it. Would be great. I know. And it's funny. I, I did talk to Eric here um, a couple of days ago, uh, right before the awards. We do a gifting suite here, and Eric was great enough to come by with his representatives, and he understands the process of what's going on. He goes, "Look, then, I know I have a big contract." I know I have a no movement cost, so I can pick my spots. He goes, I know this is going to happen in a week's time. But he reiterates his messaging has been consistent. He goes, I want to win. I'm happy in San Jose. I like playing there. I like the organization, but I want to win, and they're too far away from winning. The question is, guys, like which team, even at half, well, San Jose is not, taking, uh, is not retaining half, right? So which team at $8 million as a contender, we just talk about nobody has cap space, 
who, who's going to buy that player? Right. So that's the part, but he's willing to be patient here. He's not unhappy there. He just really burns to win. And he knows he can't do it in San Jose in, in the short window. Poor Eric Carlson making 11 sheets, Dennis, uh, living in San Jose. And <laughs> I know, George, it. I know. <laughs> times are tough. Times are tough to be Eric Carlson. Um, what are you hearing, Dennis, on uh, Elias Lindholm? What's the latest, you think? Yeah, I don't, that's the first domino, George, right? And I'll give you a, a, a brief funny story. Um, also talked to Brian Bartlett, who's Blake Coleman's agent. And uh, so, Brian, I said, Brian, um, is Blake happy in Calgary? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we got a laugh out of it. But, look, I, I think the move is to move Hannafin, right? I mean, that would be the trade they need to make. And then you just hope that you're going to convince Elise Lindholm to stay home. Right? That's it. But you got to go all in on that player. So I, I would assume that we, the first news about a significant player in Calgary is going to be Lindholm. Right, but I think the trade that you want to make right now would be Hannafin because you know you got a left shot defenseman and a less than a five billion dollar cap hit. That's going to get a lot, a lot of value. Clear that out and then go get Lindholm. But I, I, do I hear it's close? Yeah, no, they're talking. Yeah, but it's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting on that player because look, let's be real here. Like the Flames need Lindholm without question. You got to keep this guy if you have any hopes of getting back to the playoffs next season. Is the asking price on Hannafin right now too high? Is that why we haven't seen anything done yet? Yeah, I think so. And plus, you know, Connie just got in place. I mean, there's so much happening right now and not really in a good way. It's too hot, but you got to go do it. you got to overpay that player without question. Like, does that cost you Beckland? Does it cost you Hannafin? One of those two? Probably. But this is a player. It's a first-line player. Like, you need, sure, you need talent. Like, you just can't ship everybody out. I get it. I understand it didn't end well with Daryl, but but you got to keep pressure. And sometimes you got to overpay. And I know people, some people in Los Angeles are up in arms that they paid Dubois $8.5 million. But that's the asking price for these top line players that you got to go do because Elias Lindholm, it's great that you had him at a 4.8 cap hit you know, going into the season, but it's not reality anymore for this player. This player is an, is an $8 million player on this team right now. And that's, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow, especially since he's, you know, 28 years old at this point. So if you're going to extend him long term, you're going to pay him into his 30s. There has to be some thinking about. So I, I get the fact that it hasn't been done yet, but it's, it's a it's a must have for me with respect to the Calgary Flames. Dennis Bernstein, senior writer for the fourth period, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show. Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. What about Michael Backlund? How much interest do you think is around the league for a guy like Michael Backlund? Mm, uh, You know, at a 5.3 cap hit, I don't think so, right? He's 34 years old. I don't think the Flames aren't going to retain, right? So I think that that would be a good move. And, look, you want some continuity on this roster, Right, as we, I've been, I think that's the central theme. With this, like, yeah, some guys want it out. Whatever you have, guys that are in their walk years, but that's a guy that uh, he has more value at the cabinet to the Flames than other teams. So again, you, you need some consistency. You need a guy who's been a lifer here. And what does that signal to the rest of the organization or guys who wanting to want to come here for a guy that's been here a very very long time? You say you need to make changes. Is that the guy you ship out? I don't think so, but there's a lot of thinking that has to go on with the, with the Calgary Flames. You know, Connie, sometimes you're careful what you wish for. This is a difficult job now for Craig Conroy. 
with all that's going around on this team. Like you have to settle what's going on, you know, behind the bench. You have to make sure that these guys want to stay here. And look, I want to put it on Daryl a lot because I wasn't a big fan of Daryl when I was in Los Angeles. But it's not just Daryl at this point, right? He's gone. You ain't, he ain't a new coach. You have a new general manager. You would think, okay, all this changed, really good guys, and I love Craig Conroy covering him here in Los Angeles, but nothing's really changed with respect to the dynamic of this team, and to me, that's concerning. Like, why isn't people, why aren't players saying, oh, yeah, I want to stay, I'm good, I like the changes. I think a lot of the players and the agents are taking a, a wait-and-see attitude. I'm not sure that these, like, a guy like Backlund at 34 years old and a 5.3 cap it, is really having value in the marketplace right now. I don't think that would be the chip that you trade. I keep going back to Hannafin because he's 26 years old. That would be the guy to trade to get back value for this organization. Like the understanding is kind of that Tyler Toffoli was maybe a little bit upset that he was kind of down the pecking order behind Lindholm and behind Hannafin and these sort of things. Mm. Like, do you think that we could see this with Backlund or maybe some of the other players if things don't kind of come to fruition with Elias Lindholm sooner rather than later? It could be, Matt, but you've got to play, right? I mean, you have a contract to play, so maybe they're upset. Mm-hmm. And, what, but, and when you have guys in their walk years, like, you've got to produce. You've got to produce for the next contract. So there's, uh, you want to be able to produce in an, uh, a situation where you're comfortable. They may not be happy that they're down the pecking order, but you, you still have to play and have to produce if you want to play for your next contract. So, yeah, I get – and, again, I knew Ty from his time in, in, in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and he, if Backlund wasn't going to be the, the captain, you could even talk about you know, Tofolia possibly being the captain. But there's another player who's playing for a contract, and I'm sure he's happy playing in New Jersey. He's going to play with Heeshan or Jack Hughes, and he's in his walking of his contract. That's a really good thing for Tyler Tofolia. So maybe a little miffed about that, but you know what, Matt? You've got to get over that. Like you got to go play the game. you got to go earn another contract. So maybe it was a little disconcerting for Tyler Toffoli. But, again, he's a pro. He's been in this game a long time. He's got to need to focus on playing and playing well this season. I think one of the things that we're going to be watching is how this develops and how many of these go into the season without new deals. Mm-hmm. Like there's Now there's six guys who are UFAs after the upcoming season. How many of them do you think the Flames can afford to go into – the season with unsigned uh at five mm. i don't think you could do it with Lindholm. I, I really don't i i think because backland's been there so long and he's 34 he could sit on that um same thing with christopher tanup you know banged up a little bit 33 years old he would be that Zadorov, maybe that's another guy that you could wheel because he's you know he could play both sides he's 28 years old i would think maybe four to six you can go in because again you know it's it's a situation where this is not the only team that has guys in their walk years. There's a lot of teams that have guys yeah. in their walk years. And again, at, like going up back to the top, it's not that hard to move. It's hard to move these players because nobody has cap space. You can't trade everybody to, you know, to Arizona at this point in time. Mm-hmm. That's the challenge. That's the issue. So some guys are going to have to stay here, even if they're not totally 100% happy, play well, and then an earned contract either here in Calgary or somewhere else. I wonder about how many guys like would wonder about just doing something short term and, and trying to get a new deal once the cap almost expands because it feels like this off season, probably next off season as well, there's going to be a pinch, but ideally it'll open up after that. Do you think we're going to see some guys do that almost like uh, Gavrikov did in L.A.? Yeah, that. But here's the thing that. That's the only guy that's done it. And I get it. That's the, the bridge deals or thing of the past. And you know, that's the other change conceptually in this league is that players don't go from their entry level to a bridge to a long-term deal. They go from three 
to six or seven or eight, which is a, it's just a paradigm shift for this league. I really like what Gabrikov did. He wants another bite at the apple at 27 years old. He'd be unrestricted at 29, but he could sign a deal next summer if he wanted to in his walk here. So I think it should be a tool that GMs use. But again, we talk about creativity in this league. I just don't see it. Plus, the, the player's betting on himself a little bit, too. Like, could have Gab signed maybe $6 million for six years in L.A.? He really loves it there. It's a contending team, but he chose to roll the dice again. I'm not sure that a lot of players in this league would roll the dice like Gabrikov and Dan Milstein did in Los Angeles. Dennis, what did you think of the price for Tyler Toffoli? I'll tell you at game 20 when I see Sharon Govich play in Calgary. I really, I'm, I'm really not sure about that player because that's a contending team um, that you would have thought that a player who's 25 years old, like in training from somebody who's, what, 33 or 34, <clears throat> and Sharon Govich can play both sides, you would think that they would grow with that player, but he kind of hit it, you know, he leveled off. I think it was the best kind he could do. I think it's a situation where, you know, if he's not going to sign and not going to come back, you, and that's a situation, George, with these other players who are in their walk years. Like, don't, ex- except for maybe, you know, a guy like Hannafin, don't expect a lot of other guys move. It's not going it, to, it's a situation where it's a tough situation for Connie right now. So, but you know what? Maybe fresh start. He does have talent. I've watched him a lot in New Jersey. Um, you would have liked more for Tyler Tofoli, who's a proven goal scorer, who's coming up a 34 goal season. But the reality of the marketplace and the situation with Toffoli didn't allow for Conroy to get more than what he got. We saw Ivan Barbashev re-sign with the Vegas Golden Knights after they traded Riley Smith away, and now the free agent market is even thinner than it was prior. Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, Michael Bunting, Dmitry Orlov. Who's going to be the top dog in this class? Because it certainly looks like it's uh, not the cream of the crop. Yeah, I think that Orloff might get the because he played so well in Boston, he might get the highest AAV mm-hmm. at this point in time. But I think when you look at those names, Matt, like you talk about short deals, like who's on who's on that list is signing a six or seven year deal? I don't see it. Yeah. I think it's a situation because of the cap crunch. Um, you might see one or two year deals, or you might see a guy bet on himself and sign a one year deal and go somewhere. So I think that's the situation in reality. But Ryan O'Reilly is a fleecy now. Like if you saw if Ryan O'Reilly was a free agent five years ago, yeah, he'd get eight over eight. But the, but again, it's it's a situation where the the cap is tight. It's not a great free agent market, and I think that the buyers in the market might wait till next summer, where the free agent crop, unless guys sign extensions, mm-hmm. like uh, Austin Matthews, who will sign an extension, like the the crop's better. So again, I think you're going to see a lot of GMs here say, all right. There's really not much to trade for because we don't have cap space, and the free agency isn't great. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of player movement um, in, in the offseason, which for you know, guys like you and me that cover the sport is a little bit disappointing. But you know, when you have consecutive seasons where the cap isn't moving and players do want to get more money, and Austin wants 14 or $15 million in Toronto, like how do you fit the rest of the, the, the guys in that team when you don't really get a lot of cushion because the HRR is still the same and you're still trying to pay off escrow. So it's a sticky situation for uh, GMs that are trying to rebuild and fortify their rosters at this point. Dennis, you talk about Austin Matthews, and it looks like he's going to sign an extension with the Maple Leafs, but what does the future hold for William Nylander there? Mm, um, that's a good question, George. I, I think they're going to find a way to keep it. The, the, one, the one anchor in all this is John Tavares' contract. And I really like the player, and he's a quality guy. And he's got, 
that that's prevented. That might cost them William Nylander. I think they'll find a way to do it, George. It's going to be difficult, and there, there's going to be situation like and like in Los Angeles. Like you wouldn't think LA is a cap team, but they are. They're going to have situations this season. They still need to sign a goaltender, and they're going to play some nights with 21 or 22 players. And you might have that in Toronto as well, where you're going to be not playing the full complement of players. They like William Nylander. They want to keep him. But if Awesome signs for 14, then what do you do with Nylander? What do you do with Marner when their contracts come up? That's the cautionary tale. So I think that Toronto's probably more willing to have Austin sign a shorter-term deal to help with these other players. And maybe Austin needs to take a little less to help keep William Nylander. No and I'm sure that will be the argument. Well, that, that's it. That's, that's what tree living has yeah. to improve. And I agree with you, right? I mean, he's the number one star on that team. But, look, you know I think who would do it? Connor McDavid would do it. Because he wants to win so bad that he might not need to be the highest-paid player in the game to help surround. If he still don't want to cut by the time his contract's up, that's the type of player that say, okay, give me a couple million less than Austin at 14 or Austin at 15. Because, Kenny, I need you to help me build this team because I finally want to win a cup in Edmonton. So that would be the type of player. But, yeah, it's going to be a sticky situation for the Leafs. Yeah, Austin Matthews kind of views himself uh, like the player empowerment style, like in the NBA. He doesn't want to sign an eight-year deal. He wants to sign three- to five-year deals so he can yep. maximize it value, and he has every right to do so if he if that's the road he chooses instead of taking less money uh, like some other stars do. Um, Connor Hallibuck, does it feel like the Devils are the team eventually going to get this done? Can they fit Connor Hallibuck? Where do you think the Jets goaltender ends up? Yeah, you know what? I know that Sheffield Dayoff is really pissed at the, for the agent for leaking that Connor Hellebuck wants $9 million. I, I think it's a situation he might have to stay in Winnipeg. I really do. I, I really think so. I, I, how could the devil s- swallow $9 million next offseason for Connor Hellebuck? Unless they win a cup next season. Like, that, you know, that, that would be the situation. That, that's really tricky because if you trade for Connor Hellebuck, like, you want to sign him. But now you're told that it's $9 million. He's not moving anytime soon. And they aren't getting calls on him. And they're not getting calls on Shifley. Because, again, we keep going back to the situation. Who's got the space for these guys? They're not going to retain Winnipeg. They want value back for these players. I just don't see a contending team breaking up the roster to get Connor Hellebuck and then have to sign to an extension to $9 million a year. You know what I say? Hey, Connor Enjoy Winnipeg. You might be there another season, and you might have to walk the free agency next year. So his want to maybe go to a contending team, it may not happen now. It may happen next summer. Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period joining Resigan Rose on the big show earlier today. A little bit of everything there with Dennis. Lots of good Flames chatter as well. I want to let you know uh, as the day continues and we get closer to free agency opening up on Saturday, more news coming down about qualifying offers, RFAs that need to be qualified on a day like today. A couple of uh, guys with NHL experience that will not be qualified by their respective teams. Christian Fisher, right-handed shot, uh, former London Knight uh, from the Arizona Coyotes, will not be receiving a qualifying offer. He will head to free agency tomorrow. Same goes for Dennis Gurianov uh, of the Montreal Canadiens. He has not been qualified. He will head to free agency as well. Uh, Gurianov was acquired from the Dallas Stars in exchange for Evgeny Dodonov, who did re-sign up in Dallas. Uh, so it'll be a short stint for Gurianov in Montreal. But uh, interesting prospect there, Russian uh, forward, left shot, 6'3", 191 pounds. 
uh, with a bit of a goal-scoring touch that's gone quiet the last couple of years. Early on in Dallas, scored 20 goals back in 2019-2020 uh, with the last couple of years. Uh, just seven goals last season, 11 in 21-22. And uh, he had 17 points in the bubble with Dallas in the playoffs, the 27 playoff games they played. But since then, hasn't been able to find his scoring touch. So no surprise that the Montreal Canadiens uh, move on from Dennis Gurionov. That goes with uh, a number of other NHL regulars that have been not qualified today and will hit the free agent market. Quick reminder, the likes of Matt Duchesne, Mike Riley, Blake Wheeler, and Kyler Yamamoto all on waivers today for a purpose of a buyout. They will all become free agents once the uh, free agent class officially opens on Saturday. And a quick reminder, we will have coverage for you. Matt Rose, Pat Steinberg. As soon as Pat gets off a plane, we're going to throw him right back into it on a Saturday. No days off for Steinberg. Get back on the radio. Uh, Steinberg and Rose will have you covered for our uh, NHL free agency coverage here in Calgary. They'll be live at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in case the Calgary Flames do anything. Not a ton of Flames news today. Frank Zaravalli, Daily Faceoff, saying that the Flames have offered Matthew Phillips a two-year contract, uh, but he is still expected to head into free agency. Hasn't closed the door on a return to Calgary. Other than that, some pending UFAs for the Calgary Flames. Uh, we know Milan Lucic. Sounds like he is set to sign with the Boston Bruins when free agency opens tomorrow. Uh, Trevor Lewis, Nick Ritchie, Troy Stitcher, Michael Stone, uh, Dryden Hunt, all among UFAs. Uh, right now for the Calgary Flames heading into tomorrow that do not have a contract. We will dive more into the free agency class to kick off Hour 2. Luke Fox from Sportsnet.ca has his top 12 free agents of 2023 up on Sportsnet.ca. That list had to get updated today with a couple of those buyouts that we mentioned. Who's on top of the list? Where might some landing spots be? Who's got money for NHL free agents right now? We'll get into all of that with Luke Fox. Plus, we've got one more Stampede giveaway to do on a Friday. Uh, we'll get to that. Plus, Taylor and Cam uh, have a little bit of updates on the Calgary surge from the other night. So, lots to get to. Keep it locked right here. Sportsnet today will be back right around the corner here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.